It's episode 12, The Experience Experiment. This one's about Fu Manchu's podcast overpopulation and the detailed Instagram breakdowns of a Whole Foods aficionado, might we say, addict. What is it that you want to be? And more importantly, what do you want to say? In the final episode of season one, Steve, Emily, and Matt discuss the ongoing quest for the secret sauce of podcasting. It's episode 12. Hey guys. Hey guys. Welcome to the Design of Experience. Um, hey guys, I think that's my line. Hey so. Emily. Oh, hey guys. What's up? <laughs> so confusing. So, it's so good to be with you guys. So good to be back with you, Emily. Should we tell our listeners the secret yeah. of where you are? Yeah, I guess the secret can go out. Emily is uh, joining us from Denver, Colorado, which is her new home. Where she is. has moved with her husband, Ross, and other family that lives nearby. and so. But we're still working together, so clients who are Emily fans, don't freak out. Can I go ahead and welcome people now that we please, are all officially here together? Please. <laughs> so everyone already said, hey guys. So here we are. Welcome to the Design of Experience. Conversations about the ideas that make us feel a tribal devotion to the things we love. Um, Steve, Matt, what episode is this? Episode 12. We are calling this a season wrap. We're going to wrap after 12 episodes and call that season one. We're going to take a little bit of a hiatus and figure out what we're going to do next. And we are exploring various ideas and formats. We would absolutely love to hear from any listeners. In fact, there was a note toward the end that uh, Emily wrote that uh, anybody we hear from gets free 15-4 swag. I don't even know if I have 15-4 swag, so I would be pretty jealous of whoever would get the 15-4 swag. We're going to make everybody jealous, anybody who doesn't <laughs> respond. So, might I ask one of you guys, Matt, Steve, what inspired our final episode? Oh, I'd love to take this one. Go for it. Six months of working on this and the cutting criticism of a certain gentleman who I happened to party with Saturday night at an event in D.C. <laughs> Steve, would you like to say? Oh, it's not. it wasn't particularly cutting. It was I our know. good friend Bill Rozier, who is a brand guru. He's going to be on the show at some point. We, we're going to get him in here to talk about Harley-Davidson motorcycles because he's got a fascinating conversation that we want to have together been working with Bill for many years he was the he's been a global VP and a CMO and um, anyway he uh, Bill gave us some great input he said Emily is whip smart you and Matt are very entertaining but at the end of the day I didn't really learn anything which is why I listen to podcasts so we're transparent <laughs> we criticize other brands we'll criticize ourselves when the criticism comes um, you know, we wanted to, it, it seemed pretty easy in the beginning. Uh, I know a little bit about audio, so does Josh. We buy some mics, we soundproof a room. Um, but podcasting is more than just a bunch of friends sitting around shooting the breeze. And so today we want to talk a little bit about what we've learned, uh, what we're trying to take forward. And maybe there's some rules for podcasters in here. Uh, and, and next season, we'll actually try to do some of these things ourselves. We've done some of them, but yeah. we can always have room for improvement because this whole thing has been an experiment. It's been a fun one for us, um, but it's, we're not just going to stay the way we are. We want to reflect and 
think about how we can get better and listen to constructive criticism. It's been both an experiment and, might I say, an experience that we have designed. Oh. <laughs> it's so meta. It's so That's meta. True. So meta. <laughs> but, but from a meta standpoint, when we asked ourselves why do a podcast, because Lord knows we don't need another podcast out there necessarily. Not another marketing one. But you know that's right. If we were if we were musicians, we would get together and play music, and it would be fun, and we would enjoy it, even if we didn't get world famous. Um, in this case, there's a lot of energy and um, you know just sharing of life that goes on here at fifteen four, and so you know we want our clients to experience some of that when they when we work together. We try to transfer that way that ethos to our clients, and so we figured, hey, we should maybe share some of the some of the way we interact and get along with each other and maybe others will find that fun and interesting like we do. So let me just kind of set the stage for what people can expect as we jump in. Matt, Steve and I have taken some time to reflect on the past six months, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what we haven't tried. So we're just going to like toss around the conversation and touch on some different, um, I guess we call it rules for podcasting, but maybe it's just some thoughts or guidelines. But um, that's basically what you're going to get here. We'll include all of the um, different points that we're doing in the show notes. So you can just have a quick go-to list. Um, yeah. What were we hoping to achieve? And, uh, you know, to build a little bit on what I said earlier, we're, we're all about finding our clients why. Uh, so we wanted to practice what we preached and figure out, you know, if this podcast could support our why, continue to support our mission which is really making people's lives better through creative services and partnerships. And we know that uh, we got to be profitable in our, if we're going to keep doing that, if that's sustainable. But basically, that's what we're about, is trying to make those connections uh, between people and uh, their purpose and brands that we serve and their purpose and kind of connecting all the why dots. And so this was an exercise for us to do that, talk about brand, talk about life, Emily, what, mm-hmm. what, what, what's the, what have you learned? Yeah, so I kind of wanted to talk about these things in the order that we thought about them. So you talked about why, like making sure that you do have a reason for wanting to do this podcast. The next thing I think is super important is picking a topic. Sounds kind of obvious, but when we went to figure this out after we knew that a podcast could be a good move for us and our mission at the company – We actually, I think it took us like two or three weeks to figure out what our topic of content would be. And it wasn't that simple. I think you guys remember that. It was kind of hard to figure it out. Um, But we knew we needed something that was a topic that was narrow enough that it made sense for us as a marketing and creative services agency to talk about. But we wanted it to be broad enough that people outside of marketing agency world could relate to it because we didn't want to pinhole ourselves into something tiny. We didn't want to just do another marketing podcast because we're so great at marketing. We wanted to talk about something that people outside of our industry could have fun with. So I would encourage people to think narrow and broad at the same time so that makes sense, but that you don't run out of content in a few weeks. Um, you guys kind of helped me figure that out. Do you have any thoughts about that too? Or you guys were there and we were brainstorming and struggling. We knew that we were a bunch of different folks with different talents, designers, writers, videographers, strategists, artists, 
you know, the, the way, I think I already said this part, the way we relate to each other is what we experience around here. And that, that was therefore something we wanted to share with a wider audience. So um, we, if we, in, we enjoy ourselves during our office banter, maybe others would enjoy our banter also. Maybe and so, so is there a way we could package that for others to experience um, and, and join that experience of being with us? So real quick for me, it was just about keeping it conversational because um, I think that's where things really get interesting. You know, you go into a meeting, you exchange pleasantries, and uh, and then someone during that process says something off the wall. And, and that's how human life goes. And that's, you know, you can design experiences all day long, but if you over-design or over-engineer a conversation, you're screwed. But Matt, what you said about like when we are in conversation with clients, I think one thing we realized too is that that's the one of the best parts for us when we work with people are those conversations that we could never script out. We never know what's going to happen when we're in like a brand discovery type get together. And so the feedback that we've gotten from clients over and over is that it's our thought process. It's, it's the ideas that come when we bounce things off of each other that's so unique and enjoyable. So if we could kind of bring that into the podcast so that people could listen to it and either learn something or be like, hey, I like the way these guys think, that is a good thing for people to experience and to be shared. So for us, when we came to picking a topic, we didn't want it to be narrow enough to talk about creative services, but we wanted to talk about that thing that people loved and got excited about meetings which is how do people experience your brand and hey while we're at it how do we experience other people's brands every day in our lives so there we had the narrow and then we had the broad and it gave us a lot to talk about thank god emily's back (laughs) the other thing real quick um i've listened to a couple podcasts about design and there's one in particular i want i probably referenced it earlier in the season but you know, it's just this, um, it's two folks, and it's basically um, person A talks for 15 minutes straight, person B talks for 15 minutes straight, and then they have a little conversation at the end, and it's really, it's like a lecture, It's and it's like, okay, clearly you sat down and wrote this out and rehearsed it, and then you just went blah, 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 blah into the microphone, and to me, that's not the way life happens. It's not... And part of the idea behind the design of experience is that all great experiences are designed, they're thought out, they're planned, et cetera. But there's also this element of an organic nature to life. And so even as we planned and thought and met about how to execute on this, I think, um, Emily, you're a highly organized person, so you would write out these these elaborate scripts not not really script okay i would call them outlines Uh, yeah an outline (laughs) and then steve and i would be like well yeah we'll we'll review that 10 minutes before the show then we get in the room and you know sometimes it worked really well and sometimes it didn't and honestly that's something we might experiment with in season two is maybe we go for a more highly produced kind Mm -hmm. of approach anyway yeah yep everything you said is true and um, on all these topics that we'll point out, it's an experiment. So just because we're saying that's the way we did it doesn't mean it's right. It just means that's what we found has kind of worked so far. So the next thing I wanted to, to share with people is a question that you have to be brutally honest about, which is 
what do you have to offer? And the reason I think that's a perfect segue is because I personally think there's two choices for the answer to this question. Maybe there's more. But I think there's two things about what you can offer. You're either in a highly unique position where you can offer proprietary, one-of-a-kind content that only you can give. So maybe you are the CEO of Yeti. We've talked about them before. And you are the only person that can talk about Yeti and the brand Yeti and what it's like to create it and everything. Most of us are not in that position. So the other option is maybe you're offering content that anyone could offer, but you have a unique delivery or unique personalities. We thought that we might have a fun little dynamic here between generational differences, personality differences, and experiences when it comes to life and work. So we decided that we'd have to kind of go off of that and make that our strong suit. And Steve and I are elderly statesmen, so, you know, um, we always take ourselves very seriously, whereas Emily is younger, um, you know. And, and uh, takes herself even more seriously. Yeah, That's exactly. true. You guys take you know? yourselves way less seriously than me. So Emily is the one who posts detailed lists of her salad constructions on mm-hmm. Instagram, every <laughs> single ingredient, where she acquired this ingredient. Right. People the, find it really helpful, actually. The desired outcome from eating these ingredients. Did we cover what we have to offer? Do we really have anything to offer? No. Is this <laughs> the time for the moment of critical vulnerability? We, yeah, we, we don't know what we're doing. As what, you know, I have posted on LinkedIn. I've said, hey, our podcast is chill and we have pleasant voices. That should be enough. And actually, I've gotten a good reaction out of that kind of marketing, just on my own personal, hmm. you know, feed. But uh, that's the kind of quirky sense of humor that we bring to it, right? Yes. Yeah. Self-absorbed, so. narcissistic. <laughs> um, I do like hearing my own voice. I never knew that before. So that's it's a great been, thing. You know, I don't care what we have to offer. I've found a lot of healing through this process. <laughs> Thank you both for supporting me in that. You know, to me, then it was all worth it because we are about finding one another's purpose and in, in, in fanning into flame these little gifts that we have. Understanding your audience, here's a question for you. Where are they? Do they exist, first of all, but where are they and what are they doing when they're listening? Are they in the car, in the shower, on the toilet? That's probably... A high percentage of listeners. You know, like, <laughs> well, you know, I'm just going to go in and uh, listen to the podcast, but probably going to work, you know. Um, I'm going to have to challenge that. How much time can people spend on the toilet? Depends on I the household and the people who inhabit that household. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you have an iPhone, you could do your whole bathroom routine because they are somewhat right. waterproof so it could be yeah. with you all morning so i would argue yes you could get a podcast in yeah in the morning. you know it's not always you go into the bathroom and there are various activities you have to brush your teeth you can still listen to the podcast you know you might use the toilet that's okay no shame okay no shame um you know uh, it's interesting <clears throat> different people want different things from podcasts and and they are as varied as the kinds of podcasts that are out there so you know we appreciated bill's feedback that he didn't really learn anything and and we took it to heart in fact you know if you're going to talk about volkswagen which we did for an entire episode then you should know some things about volkswagen that go beyond the average person's knowledge um that points to one reason people listen to podcasts they want to learn something new 
other reasons, you know, people want to be up to date within a particular industry. We do have some, we've got some expertise in marketing, but we had decided we didn't want to do just a straight up marketing podcast. Um, people want to be entertained. Um, you know, what are some other reasons that uh, people listen to podcasts? Because we do know we can't be all things to all people. We can only be ourselves. And that's the best person you can be. <laughs> it's true. Being the best you is what you offer the world, Matt. I'm living my best life. <laughs> With your furious Fu Manchu mustache. Well, I, I have to say, for me, it's all about being entertained. Um, so, you know, uh, because I know everything. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so. Speaking of people, we were just saying how you can't be all things to all people. So, and that's okay. But you got to figure out what it is that you want to be and not try to be all those things. So I think that's kind of what we took from Bill's feedback. Um, and I don't even know if we've totally figured it out yet. And I think that's okay. Right? I think it is okay. Yeah. You can be whip smart and I'll just be the buffoon. <laughs> well, speaking of that, um, something that uh, Steve mentioned earlier is the idea of having like a script or a framework or a format. And um, this is easy to make fun of because I obviously came to the table and was like, we need a format um, and an outline, not a script. Um, and Steve was definitely more of like, let's just jump in and figure this out. Um, so let's toss around some ideas on like finding that balance, what's needed based on what you're hoping to achieve and what that's like. Well, we, we realized that we needed to establish some content boundaries and some kind of episode flow. Emily's done that extremely well. Um, Thank you. Our uh, format did allow us to talk about things that people experience every day, bring some thought leadership to the table from our end, um, some creative experience, and then talk about life in a way that a lot of people can relate to. I think that's our hope. Yeah, and I think, I don't know if it was Steve or Matt, but um, one of you guys made a good point that one of the benefits of not having it scripted and just having a loose outline is that it does allow each of us to kind of have a big revelation or thinking out loud type moments. And that gives a really genuine feel to things because we do discuss a lot of it beforehand, but we, we try... I'm always the one that says, guys, stop talking about this so much because I want to save those big, like, aha moments to be recorded. Mm. Um, so one of you guys noted that, like, having a big revelation or kind of a aha moment is a really good thing, especially when it's genuine and you allow yourself to have that conversational thinking out loud feeling during the recording. Uh, I was wondering if you wanted to discuss conflict Conflict. Our conflict. <laughs> well, yes. Conflict is so important because, you know, it's not great in a marriage, but in a conversation it makes it interesting, right? You need disagreement for it to be interesting for everyone Like a there. good reality TV show that you don't want to admit that you watch. I've never watched any reality. There's, <laughs> you know, my life is my reality TV show, okay? So I got you. That's all I need. Well, I think, you know, we had decided that you don't want to just agree, like, yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. We want to either challenge each other or add something to what the other has said. And so that's... So true, and yet I disagree with that. But bringing different opinions to the table doesn't mean there has to be friction. And it's part of what makes us work well together genuinely inside of the walls at, at our company. Mm. Um, 
So not bringing that to the table would not be giving a clear picture of how we think. Um, so it did. It takes a little bit of effort to actually to hear someone and then say, you know, I kind of think about it this way and see where it goes from there. But it definitely keeps the conversation rolling, which is a very good thing. Conflict so without good. friction. That's I don't good. know if I agree with that. Can There's we? plenty of friction. It's just, um, is there any blood? Ooh. Maybe today's the day. Maybe yeah. today's the day for me to come over the table and slap <laughs> that Fu Manchu right <laughs> off his face. Oh, oh, so many a, well, a nation would thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, just to prevent the fist fight from happening, I'm going to keep moving it yeah. along and talk about the one of the hardest things. I think this is one of the hardest lessons we've learned, which is that research and time are necessary. Mm. Because even though you might just want to jump on the microphone, um, which is the fun part, planning and touching base before you start doing an episode is critical and we can say this from experience too because we have tried both we have had times where we're in really good rhythm and we plan and prep and get together and we feel good about what we record and then there's other times where work picks up and we have to squeeze things in and we've recorded one or two and didn't have a lot of prep and I don't know if we felt actually no we didn't feel as good about those as the ones that did have prep and a good solid framework. Um, But I also want to emphasize that um, when it comes to prepping and researching, I kind of thought about what your elementary school English teacher tells you when you get like a writing assignment and you're like, what am I supposed to write about? And the teacher always says, write about what you know. What have you experienced? Um, Tell your story. So that's one approach of planning thinking about what you can offer, what you've experienced, and what you can share. But the other side that's a little bit harder is if you're going to present facts and statistics and research and history, you have to fact check that and you have to get it right because you're putting it out there as if it's true. And I think that is one of the hardest things to add to the workload if you're going to take that approach. Um, So we kind of have a combination of both of those in our episodes when we talk about brand experiences, marketing best practices, uh, client experience. But I think the Volkswagen episode was a big challenge for us as far as research goes and how much time and effort that takes to make sure you get it right. In terms of the basics of what makes it high quality, we don't have to go into that because there's so much resource out there if you really are interested in sticking your toe in the water. I do think we should talk about guests. Yeah. So... um, you know, the, the, the last thing is really just um, don't be afraid to bring some guests on. Um, and I would say don't be afraid to cut them. Not physically, obviously, but, um, <laughs> you know, we had Joe, Joe Shongolini. Yes. And he was a natural. He was amazing. He just came in, and, I mean, I, no surprise, he's a sales guy, so he just got on the mic and started talking, and it was it was a great conversation. Um, but, honestly, if you bring someone in and they're a complete dud and they're awkward, you know, not unlike me, um, you know, you've got to be able to make editorial decisions. So if you bring someone in and you're like, eh, it didn't work, well... I'm sorry, you know, maybe send them a bottle of wine or some kind of consolation prize, some swag, and say, sorry, bro, it didn't work, you yeah. know. Um, but also, it's, you, you know, so here's an interesting thing. I think when we did bring Joe in, we did a little bit of prep right before we started rolling. Um, 
So also just gauge how much preparation your guest needs. Um, and I think, hopefully, um, if you have the inclination to bring someone on, it's because you know they're a talker and you know they can they can handle it. Um, so that's that's my parting wisdom. Um, yeah, and Matt, I want to jump in right real quick on what you just said. Yeah. Um, one thing we made sure to do with our guests is that we did not bring them on to interview them because that seems to be a really go-to format for anyone who's like, oh, I want to start a podcast. I'll mm. do an episode, and every episode I will interview someone. But we brought people in um, sometimes, and when we did, it wasn't a regular thing. And we added them, we brought them into the conversation because we thought they had something unique to offer to that conversation. So I would encourage people to bring guests in uh, and really have them talk about what they're passionate about, but don't necessarily just make it an interview. Right. Um, At the same time, if you want to experiment and maybe you do have one episode where it is an interview... Give yeah. them the questions way ahead of time. Have them practice. Maybe even get together and practice 20 minutes before. Because uh, yeah. you don't want the awkward silences, which I'm so good at bringing. I think I just had an <laughs> I think I finally figured out what this podcast should be about. Food. At oh, finally, that? toward the end of episode 12, at the end of season one, it's Emily doing a cooking show and a food show. And Matt and I just rag on her mercilessly. We just ridicule her constantly for her fastidiousness yes. about food choices. And it'll be incredibly good conflict because her fans and the people who really are following and they want to know exactly what goat cheese brand to purchase, exactly how to roast butternut squash, they will like hate me and Matt. <laughs> Because we'll just think the whole thing is utterly yeah. ridiculous. And they'll be like, shut up. We're trying <laughs> to learn how to make goat cheese salad with single-sourced olive oil. It'll be like Mystery <laughs> Science Theater, um, but with food. And so we'll be in the background saying, locally sourced, yet completely <laughs> wild. Just like an undomesticated wolf. Just like Emily Wolf. She brings a wild ferocity to the kitchen and to the daily snack. That's why we call it the wolf pack. Yes. It might be delicious or it might tear your face to shreds. Are you ready to join the pack? If not, get Lunchables. It's gluten-free, single, locally sourced, vegan-free, everything free. Vegan-free. Yes, we have not, go, we have not processed, processed any vegans. No vegans were harmed in the making of this wolf pack. <laughs> Maybe emotionally, but I, I can't serve yeah. vegans. I'm sorry. Yeah, turducken's worse because they force they force a duck to live inside a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Matt couldn't even get through his own joke. <laughs> nice. Okay. Okay. So, with all those things being said, I just wanted to take like a minute or two for each of us to kind of have a slight moment. Of vulnerability or brutal honesty whichever you choose or both just to kind of say how you feel about things so far um steve matt which one do you want to go first i'm very glad we did it i think that uh the four of us made a good team 
Um, we got Josh out from behind the soundboard one week, and I think that was a good one, our jingle episode. So I think there's been some good synergy, and I'd like to keep trying to get good at it. I, t- I took that music analogy from my son, Isaiah, who actually hosts a podcast with a decent audience. And um, we're doing one with, with my, me and my two sons and my brother. And it's you got two brothers, and you got a father and son. you got uncle and nephew. And as we've struggled for the reason to do it, we've kind of settled on, hey, you could do a lot worse than getting together for an hour every week to talk to people you like talking to. And um, if we were musicians, we would get together and play music, and we wouldn't be worried about whether or not we make a great album. We would just be enjoying music for what it is. So I, I think we are... I like to get good at stuff. I think I like mastery. And um, we haven't mastered this one yet, but it's been fun. It's been really fun. And that, you know, to me, that was enough right there as the four of us have gotten, you know, forced ourselves every couple weeks to get together around a subject, try to get a little bit organized with it. All that to say, uh, how am I feeling? No regrets, long way to go. I think there's lots to learn, and it's been a worthwhile discipline for us. What about you, Matt? Uh, I found the entire process to be painful, and um, <laughs> you know I'll be uh, I'll be moving on. Uh, you know, I'm going to get a job with uh, I don't know KAXP or YPR or something. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> what was really surprising to me is that I like hearing my voice. I'm a very self-deprecating person, and uh, I enjoy the. The conversation and the randomness, and um, I do think um, ultimately we should do more research. We should probably have stronger opinions, um, but you know, it's it's hard to have strong opinions when you're also doing this for a living um, because you don't want to offend anyone. But uh, maybe season two will be the season of offense. Hmm. Nice. Emily, how do you feel about it? Um, this has just been an ex- one of those experiences, no pun intended, that like a year ago, I would never have known that we would be embarking on. So it has been a very good challenge because Steve has encouraged me to make this happen. And that has been really cool because I admittedly, transparently knew nothing about this before we started doing it. So it's been challenging, but I think it's been a really neat creative process. And it's been a good example of how the creative process can often go, which is that you get excited about something, you jump in, and then inevitably you hit some struggle. And it can be easy to just be like, "Mm, I don't know if I really want to do this anymore. But we're surrounded by good people. And we put our heads together. And you guys have shown me that you don't have to get it perfect at first, which is something I struggle with. So I think knowing that you can treat things as an experiment and see how it goes. And when you put good minds together, you can get awesome things out of it. Um, So I think it's just, it's been fun. Like you said, it's been really fun. And I love the light bulb moment we had when we came across our topic, which was simply that we come to work, we do creative things, we think strategically, but at the end of the day, we are adding to all the experiences that people have in their daily lives. And there's so much to talk about there. So the topic itself still excites me. And um, 
I think it'll be neat to see how we carry it forward in the next season. Awesome. Alrighty. Well, I think that's a pretty good recap and a pretty good reflection on season one of the design of experience. We'll be back. See you guys later. Design of Experience is produced by 15.4, a creative agency located in Charm City, Baltimore, Maryland. Produced by Emily Wolf, engineered by Josh Frisch, with story and creative development by Matt DeVille and Steve Smallman.